This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Brian Andrew. I'm here with my favorite team defense, Stephen Galindo. How you doing? That was amazing. <laughs> he didn't tell me what he was going to call me today, but to call me the team defense, that uh, that means a lot. Especially I, as, you know, as, as past coaches in youth, you know, youth sports, like we stress defense and team mm-hmm. defense. So it just brought back a couple memories. I, I should have said team de- defense slash special teams, but uh, I dropped the ball there. See, this is amateur hour. I apologize. <laughs> hey, well, this is season one of the OT Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast, so we're only going to get better from here on out, right? This is our training mm-hmm. camp before the season, so uh, mm-hmm. we're we're uh, we're going to get there. But jumping right into news, um, so mm-hmm. many breaking news stories uh, this week with uh running backs absolutely with your favorite running back especially uh he holds a special place in your heart zeke Mm -hmm. has found his next team how do you feel about zeke signing with the patriots from a from an nfl perspective i like it just because i like that he's still going to continue playing in this league i've been a zeke follower i I'm a little biased. If I never drafted Zeke in fantasy football, I probably would not care. But he got me a championship in his rookie season, and ever since then, I've been loyal to him. And I know he's loyal to me as well. But getting into the fantasy aspect of it, I do feel like if a player has Stevenson in front of him in the second round of a draft... And they on the they also have a second player that they're kind of fifty fifty on. I do think this might lead some people to go fifty fifty in the other direction. I don't think it's going to ruin Stevenson's ADP that much. I don't think Zeke's going to go out there and just you know have a fifty fifty timeshare by any means. But I do think if Stevenson was let's just say he's going to have twelve plus touchdowns or something, I'm just making a number up in the air. That might go down to nine or ten, you know, and so. I do think now that Zeke has a solidified team, his ADP rises. I don't know if it's going to be significantly either. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's interesting news. Now we have a little bit of confusion in a New England backfield that we wish we didn't have because, to be honest, New England always has a confusing backfield. But yeah, I, th- I think it's fine. I don't. I don't. I'm not too concerned if if you're into Stevenson camp. How about you? I think this is great news. I think this is a great scenario for Zeke and for Stevenson. Um, you know, I think we discussed the Patriots already in one of our earlier episodes, and we discussed that there's really nobody behind Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the first, and it's funny that, you know, the signing happens after the first preseason game where they, you know, they played both of those backups we talked about. And uh, none of them looked too, you know, too out there uh you know like real strong backups so i think the signing of zeke is he's going to get playing time like you said it might not be 50 50 but i think he's going to get some important touches especially down by the goal line mm-hmm. um, he's only 28 years old i think he still has a little bit of juice in the tank and so uh similar to Legarrett blunt a few you know five six years ago where he mm-hmm. reemerged in new england um, I think Zeke has that opportunity here to um, reemerge as a, a pretty solid fantasy option. And like you said, I don't think Stevenson's ADP falls too much, but um, it is something to consider. But I mean, I'm still taking him where he's at, honestly. I think, you know, he, he's got the starting job down. He's going to get a majority of those, uh, you know, first, second down touches, I think. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just going to be a good one two punch for New England. So, I, and, and like, Fancy people like to break down the running backs into tiers, but there are like kind of separate camps. You know, there's camps of does this running back have anybody on the roster that could vulture touchdowns from, you know, and then there's ones that are just clear cut RB ones. Like, regardless of what's going on with the Colts, Jonathan Taylor would be the clear cut RB one there. And then we'll, we're going to get into it in a little bit, but like with the Atlanta Falcon situation, like is Bajon Robinson the clear cut RB1? And that might affect where you pick him, but like Austin Eckler, clear cut RB1 there. 
Christian McCaffrey, clear cut, everyone there. Now this kind of does put Stevenson in the camp of like there is a solid backup backing him up who might vulture a touchdown there and there. But I don't think it's going to be significant. I still think Stevenson's ADP, if anything, drops maybe one or two spots, but he still is a second round draft pick. And I'm not sure how much the ADP has adjusted, but just for for uh, for clarification, Stevenson is going in the second round, towards the end of the second round, in ADP, and Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott was going around the 13th round at the beginning of the 13th round. So there was that huge gap. I'm sure uh, Zeke will kind of make his way up over the next few weeks, but solid handcuff to have and if you just had him as a flex option i think he's a solid flex option moving forward yeah like if i would say i'd rather have maybe three or four running backs off the board before i take a flyer on zeke just in case like i'm not taking zeke to be my clear-cut flex option but i pick him up because you never know you know so yeah, like I think he has a lot more value today than he did yesterday. I'll put it that way. Definitely. And he's going to bring back his college number 15. And also on his Instagram, he got his his hair, his big afro cut. So he's kind of throwing it back here in time. So, um, you know, there's a possibility, you know, his, his, his performance takes a step back in time to 2016. And he does have something to prove. Now, usually in this case, this is where running backs go one more stop before they decide to retire. Uh, But we'll see. You know, there's plenty of running backs who have been able to extend their careers like two to three more years. So hopefully Z could do that. Definitely. And another running back who um, is expected to sign with a new team. If you haven't seen Hard Knocks this year with the New York Jets, I suggest you watch it. Um, Aaron Rodgers is quite a character, and I think the show brings a different side of him. But Delvin Cook is expected to sign with the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. So as we you know, talked about in an earlier episode, um, this doesn't move the needle too far for Brees Hall. I mean, we discussed what... It would look like if Delvin Cook was signed with the New York Jets. And so I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, as Brees Hall is coming back from an ACL injury, um, I think he's going to be eased in now that Delvin Cook is actually signed. And uh, I think Delvin Cook holds some strong running back to value. Yeah, he, he. I would say, in terms of. The three most veteran late training camp signings, which I would say is Cream Hunt, Zeke, and Delvin. Delvin has the most upside. Delvin has the capability to perform at a second round or higher level, even though his ADP might not match that. But the Brees Hall thing is a little like this is where like when we're talking about Zeke and Stevenson, this does seem like it could be more of a 50-50 thing. You know, Brees Hall coming back from an ACL, Delvin Cook still has a uh, still has a lot of juice in the tank. Also, you have the Aaron Rodgers effect, who he's a veteran quarterback. He, he I kind of feel like this is his show for at least this season. And if he wants Delvin Cook back there instead of Brees Hall. I think that their Jets are going to allow that to happen. So I really do think Aaron Rodgers' opinion on what the backfield looks like is he's going to have a lot of strong input on that. But this does, we kind of make the comparison to the Cream Hunt, Nick Chubb thing a lot. This This has the most potential to be that this season, I feel like. I don't know who's RB3. I don't know who, not not RB3, but that third down back. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who the third fantasy down back wise, is. Fantasy-wise. But uh, I, I'm intrigued on what the timeshare will be or if this is to allow Brees Hall to have more time to come back. And if he does and he does get 200%, then, then do they stop? feeding Delvin Cook as much. I, I'm I'm intrigued. I feel like both options are good. You can't go wrong with either option, but at the same time it's maybe messier than just taking a clear cut RB1 on another team. 
Yeah, and and running backs, especially running backs, because you know they're cutting and moving. You know they're not just going, you know, a straight line down the field. They're mm-hmm. cutting. They're making moves. You know they got to plant their foot in the ground. So it usually takes about a, a year or you know one season from the ACL injury. So probably two years removed from the ACL injury, where like a running back is like a hundred percent back to what they were before. So mm-hmm. I think this is great for Brees Hall because he won't have the weight of oh I have to come back. Um, hopefully you know the Jets don't start off bad, but uh, Delvin Cook I think is going to be the 1A and Brees Hall will be the 1B at least for the start of the season like I discussed earlier I think this is great for Brees Hall to just ease his way back in and not feel like you know or like even the Jets organization in general feel like they have to rush Brees Hall back he can take his time he can come back you know avoid another injury because uh, soft tissue injuries are usually what follows after you know like a major knee injury um, an ACL and stuff so I think this is great news for the Jets. Um, like you mentioned, it's Aaron Rodgers' team. So what he wants, he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch How Hard Knocks, it, it's literally like Aaron Rodgers' show. It's like mm-hmm. the New York yeah. Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I think this is great. They're only three rounds apart from each other. Brees Hall is still being taken before um, Delvin Cook, and I think that's that's pretty sensible. Brees Hall is getting taken in the third round. Uh, Delvin Cook is somewhere in the mid to late sixth round. So I uh, think uh, Delvin Cook will make his way up, you know, in the coming weeks, uh, closer to like the fourth round, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. So, I mean, I think now that he has a team, he's a solid pick at, at, in a, as a fourth round pick. I, I think, too, like, like the way you described it is that they're somewhat three rounds apart. So, you know, that's what, about 36 picks. I do feel like Brees Hall, Brees Hall's ADP might drop about five to ten spots, and I think Devin Cooks will move up about five to ten spots, and they'll kind of meet each other a little bit in the middle. Like I think they're both now like fourth to fifth round picks, but we'll see. We'll see some mocks. We'll see how some drafts go. I think some people are still going to be really, really high on Brees Hall. I think a lot of people are still going to be high on Devin Cook. Delvin Cook has not showed, in my opinion, any signs of regression. So we'll see. He's also, yeah, he's, no, also, he's, also he's also joining training training camp like two weeks in, and like <laughs> there's only like a couple weeks before the season starts. So we'll see. So I'm sure you know they keep uh they keep themselves in shape, obviously, because they're expected to sign with the team. I think the only thing you really can't mimic in training camp is actual gameplay. Right. Getting hit by, you know, real people and not like, you know, coaches with pads. So I think, you know, hopefully he gets in there and gets some live game action. But I agree with you. I haven't seen any signs of regression from him. So I think, you know, he's going to pick up where he left off the Aaron Rodgers effect. This reminds me of just like Green Bay. You know, he Aaron Rodgers had A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, the last couple of years before that, it was Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So, um, you know, he's used to having those two two different backs. And I think they both, you know, in Green Bay, two backs would, would get you some good points. So um, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Um, if I had to choose, I'd probably take Dalvin Cook at this point, because like I said, he's going to start the season off uh, probably as the 1A. But if you draft, you know, one or two backs already and, and you're pretty looking, you know, you're looking solid. Uh, then you can probably look to Brees Hall and hopefully, you know, towards the end of the season, he, he gets back to that that outstanding form he was at before he got hurt. And Delvin Cook usually misses a couple weeks. So if that's where Brees Hall comes in and he shows that he's the clear-cut RB1, then it might be Brees Hall's 1A and Delvin Cook's 1B by the end of the season. So mm-hmm. Either way, either way, I think you're good. I don't think you're gonna miss out on value. It's just you might just be frustrating, frustrated watching Aaron Rodgers at the one yard line pass the ball to Garrett Wilson for a touchdown. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's just it's just Aaron Rodgers is the Jets. It's a whole. It's you're adding all that into your own little uh, chemistry experiment of chaos. So just be prepared for that. Yeah, and then another big surprise at running back. Um, 
listed as number three, third string on the depth chart, is Bijan Robinson. When the, the, I saw this, I was I was just I was a little flabbergasted because it didn't make sense to me. Me and you are both pretty high on Mr. Robinson. We both uh set ourselves up in other drafts to kind of be like, well, you know, let's see what we could do about the Robinson. You took Robinson in Dynasty League, correct? Correct. So we're both pretty high on Mr. Robinson. Just for this news to come out, it it, it does like because I remember I'm, for weeks, me and you were going back and forth, like, "Hey, would you take Robinson?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll take Robinson." The only reason I wouldn't take Robinson is if I hear anything in training camp that suggests that he wouldn't be the clear cut RB one. And then this news drops, and now I feel like there's this pressure of that that he needs to be number one on the depth chart before we have our fancy draft. <laughs> and if it doesn't <laughs> happen, then. I don't know what to do. You know, I don't want to take someone who's going to take four weeks to develop, you know? So it's, it's pretty interesting. I think, I think personally, I think it's theatrics. I think it's, uh, maybe to keep from keep morale up. And I think Bijan will be by the end of, you know, by the end of training camp in the preseason, He'll be at the top of the depth chart. I mean, come on, Cordell Pat- Patterson. Like, yes, he had his one year resurgence, but I mean, it's it's Bijan's show, and obviously Algier is, um, you know, going to get his touches. But uh, I think by the by the end of the preseason, Bijan is is up there. So uh, I'm I'm taking this as noise. Okay, I'm not too worried. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and we'll we'll continue to to update you so jumping into this week's division the nfc north yes yes, which has a lot of changes yeah um i think we can start off with the i think the one team that hasn't had many changes from last year the minnesota vikings yeah i i think this is going to be a really good offense there's been some tweaks you know like Thielen's now in uh carolina replaced with Jordan Addison and Delvin Cook is now with the Jets and now we're rocking with Madison in the backfield so uh, there's some minor tweaks but for the most part I don't think anything's drastically changed uh Justin Jefferson uh what wide receiver 92 (laughs) (laughs) I I got confused at what you're saying there but yeah no Justin (laughs) Jefferson I mean come on like he's he's a top three you know, can, he's, he's a top three pick. Can I can I can I ask you this as a personal friend of mine? Without let's let's pretend the the mics are not on right now. You're <laughs> gi- you're given a number one pick in the draft. You're an RB heavy dude. Would you still take Jefferson number one? Yes. All right. So Jefferson's passing the RB test. Like you're not going to take a running back. Just because it's the strategy, you're going best player on the board, and that's Justin Jefferson, best player in fantasy football. Clear cut, right? No, no debate 100%. there. No okay. debate. I'm going Justin Jefferson, so we don't even need to really get into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk Cousins obviously falls as that, you know, uh, still reliable quarterback. If you have Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback, I don't think you should be really worried because. You know, hypothetically, that means you would have drafted a lot of talent in those fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds where you would normally draft a quarterback. So, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is a solid option. Um, He's a solid option, (laughs) especially if you punted. But I don't think Kirk Cousins is leading you to too many fancy football championships. And I disagree with you. And and let me explain why. Because (laughs) if you're taking talent... Mm-hmm. If you're taking talent at the you know fourth, fifth, sixth round, instead of drafting a quarterback, you're taking you know running backs that are still valuable on the board. You're taking solid wide receiver options, even a pretty solid tight end. I think you're putting yourself in an advantage that those few points that you're losing out on at quarterback, you're gaining with those other skill positions. Uh, let's let's go to the board here. Kirk Cousins ended last season. With 291 fantasy points, that's 17 about 17.2 fantasy points a game. 
Mm-hmm. And the third best quarterback. So actually, we won't we won't consider the top three. We won't consider Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts, right? Because we already know the value of them. <clears throat> but the number four quarterback, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow averaged about twenty one point nine points a game, mm-hmm. which is a difference of about three and a half points. Right. So those three and a half points, I think you're going to make up in the skill position players that you would draft at those spots where you would take a quarterback in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. It, 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 I'm just What I'm saying is you're not doomed if you okay. end up with Kirk Cousins. You're right. You're not doomed. And you and I think once you make the playoffs, you have, you know, an ice cream's chance in hell, you know, of winning or losing, right? It's going to go either way. But those three and a half points, it's keep in mind it's an average. So it, Kirk Cousins will one week give you 30 and then one week give you 12. And we know the Kirk Cousins experience. We both lived it. I personally <laughs> like Kirk Cousins. I don't mind it. I just feel like if, I, if I'm drafting in my draft, regardless of what skill players I got, if I get stuck with Kirk Cousins, I'm going to feel like, I, I I I messed up a little bit. I should have figured I I probably could have sacrificed one of these skill players because there's only so many skill players you can play. And then and I could have just had a maybe a quarterback that's slightly above him at least in terms of tier or ADP. Because like once you get the Kirk Cousins, I do think it's not. I do think you're in a scenario where like, how do you want to play the position at that point? Do you want to keep punting? <laughs> and take someone we'll talk about a little bit, Jared Goff or something. Do you want to keep punting and take one of these rookies? I do think Kirk Cousins is a little bit more reliable than that route, but I still don't think we, you handle the quarterback situation ideally if you're stuck with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I agree. Ideally, it's not your your most you know. You're you're probably, probably tra- you're probably trading some of the skill players to get the QB later in the season. That I don't know about, but we can agree to disagree. I digress. Okay. Um, let's switch it up over here to the running back. Alexander Madison, backup for Delvin Cook the last few years, has shined during his opportunities when Delvin is out. Um, how are you feeling about Alexander Madison at his current ADP? I'm going to tell you right now what that is. Of running back twenty two, he's he's a six round pick right now. Is that too low, too high, or just right? I think it's just right. I think he's in that tier of running backs that are not clear cut, you know, uh, fantasy darlings. But he's in that mixture of like, yeah, he could probably be up there next year after next year's performance, but he could also just be fine. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, he he he's he's stepped up for Delvin Cook on multiple occasions. He's probably you could probably claim that he's the best handcuff in the NFL the last couple seasons, but he's no longer the handcuff. Now he does have value, and if you are, if he's your RB two, I think you're okay. I think that's not a bad pickup to be your RB two, but ideally he would be your flex option. You would have already solidified your running back situation by then. But yeah, I don't know. Like maybe I'm too in my own head about it, but I'm just I'm not in a in a very pass heavy offense with Hawkinson, Jefferson, Addison, Kirk Cousins in the pocket. I don't know. <laughs> like I maybe I'm overthinking it. What about you? I think you're overthinking it a hundred percent. I think he's going to fill the Delvin Cook role. Obviously, um, there's the possibility of him not lasting, you know, all 17 games. But I think the volume will be there. I think he's going to be a part of, you know, a strong part of the offense. Minnesota averages, I don't know how many points a game, but I mean, it, it was quite a bit last year. So they're mm-hmm. going to be scoring points. Um, and as a six-round pick. I mean, that's a strong flex option if you can get a number one running back who has, you know, the clear cut pathway to touches, you know, and has the opportunity. I think it's a solid pick. So, I mean, I'm all in on Alexander Madison. I think, like you said, it's make or break, um, but we'll we'll find well, out, I guess, his, once the season starts. His value is good at six, but are you reaching for him? 
Are you seeing him? Are you seeing him late fourth reach. round and going like, "Well, I can get Madison here. He's an RB one, clear cut." You know, like I said, there's two mm-hmm. different camps. There's clear cut RB ones and there's not. Like he is kind of the clear cut RB one there. Like, I'm not. I'm not reaching for him. Um, overall, I think there's better options at that uh, third round. You know, fourth round. Um, you got guys like Joe Mixon. Jameer Gibbs, Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, I mean Brees Hall. These are all, you know, these are all guys in that three to three to five round ADP that I would take. Miles Sanders, I'd probably take over him. Um, I think once we start getting to guys like J.K. Dobbins in the fifth round, I think that's kind of Rashad White. That's kind of where he's he's kind of landing with guys like that. So. And then I would I mean, say Madison's above both of those. And I would uh, I would agree as well. So but like you can make the case that Madison's in a better offense than like an Aaron Jones right now. I don't know. I know we're gonna get to the Green Bay Packers, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I can't sit here and a hundred percent confidently say that because well let let's let's finish the Vikings here. There was okay. one more sk- skill position player, actually two. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson is definitely a solid tight end option if you're willing, if you're not punting on the position and you're, I think you're willing to be, get him. I think he's going to be tight end too by the end of the season. Yeah. And this is, he's getting drafted in the, in the fourth round, you know, early to, to mid fourth round is his ADP. He would be a guy that I would take over one of those quarterbacks. If you land with Kirk Cousins and Hawkinson's, Hawkinson's, Hawkinson, <laughs> <laughs> let me rewind that here, cut that. Um, if you land with Hawkinson at, you know, fourth round and you end up with Kirk Cousins, you know, somewhere in the seventh or eighth round, I think that's pretty solid, you know, pairing up of the two. Um, you know, Hawkinson is, like I said, he's one of those top three tight ends. And like you said, I think he has the ability to end the season as the number two overall tight end. I still think number one is out of reach, but yeah, I agree. Number two is pretty solid. Eventually, eventually, eventually Kelsey though needs to like regress but i don't think it's this year but eventually it's it's the derrick henry effect you think every year he's going to regress and he instead of regressing he just like improves so until there is a regression you know we'll we'll Mm. wait on that but right now travis kelsey is king of the tight ends yeah i agree and lastly i think this is probably your your favorite player to to talk about yes uh because he's also a usc alum Mm-hmm. Is Jordan Addison? Love him. I saw him play live. He, there's a lot of good wide receivers that have played for USC, but and Drake London's one of them who I'm high on as well. But when I saw Jordan Addison play last year with Caleb Williams, he looked like one of the best wide receivers that I've ever seen play the ball. And we'll see if that translates to the NFL. But we saw in the preseason game, he looked really good. And he's basically going in there to be wide receiver too. He's probably set up to be one of the best for a first-round draft pick wide receiver. Put in one of the best situations. Kirk Cousins, a reliable QB. It's not like he's going to go out there for a rookie or an unproven quarterback. He's got a reliable QB. He's on the opposite side of Justin Jefferson, who's probably going to be double teamed as much as he can be, or at least, you know, have a lot of attention on that end of the field, which allows Addison to have a very successful season. Am I biased because he went to USC? Absolutely. But I legitimately think like there, there's, we've been doing mock drafts and I've been playing with the idea because Pickens, George Pickens and Addison are around the same area in the draft. And I'm like, I feel like I'm stuck picking either one. I have Addison in two dynasty leagues. So I'm I'm kind of like, all right, we'll see how the redraft goes. You know, it's his rookie year. I could always pick him later. But yeah, I'm in I'm intrigued. And I do think it's gonna be a a very successful possible rookie of the year situation. Just for clarification, I'm taking Jordan Addison over guys like George Pickens. Marquise Brown, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, people are going to be mad at that one, but we discussed in an earlier episode. 
for me, it's the consistency. You know, I don't need one game of 50 points. You know, I need mm-hmm. solid consistency throughout the, the year, you know. And uh, I feel like I don't get that from Mike Evans. I would take him over Michael Pittman. Yeah. And then that's when we get into territory of like Mike Williams, Drake London, Christian Watson. So, I mean, all those are solid options, you know, in addition to Addison. So, I mean, I think he's going to have a lot of value. I wish I would have wrote this stat down that I saw. But I think uh, Adam Thielen had the most like red zone targets for like a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that just kind of shows you that Addison has that uh, that upside, that high ceiling of, you know, just taking over that Adam Thielen role, um, especially if he develops, you know, if Kirk Cousins develops that trust in him early, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you could see, you could see these guys as, as one of the top scoring teams in the league, to be honest, in my yeah. opinion. So. And it may seem like a reach to get him in the fourth round, but he might not be there in the fifth. So I think those, when you consider Jordan as keep in mind, he's playing with, the number one best fantasy player. And usually that results in like a trickle down fantasy situation for other players on the team. Like, I feel like the only place where that doesn't really happen is the chiefs outside of that. If you're on a good offense and you're the wide receiver two on that team, you usually are getting some of the benefits of being around a good wide receiver. So I would say is is round four a reach? Probably, but he might not be around in round five. So I think that's where he's at. Well said. Another team that is, uh, I think, up and coming with fantasy players is the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, they have a lot of new players. They have a new tight end in Robert Tunyon, in addition to Cole Komet who just signed an extension. You added DJ Moore. You know, you still have Darnell Mooney. Um, and then they added Deontay Foreman, you know, to to run alongside Khalil Herbert, who now takes over as that running back one there in Chicago as David Montgomery made his way over to Detroit, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, Justin Fields, I think, is a solid QB1, mm-hmm. um, especially with his running upside. Um, real quick in the preseason, I think it's just preseason hype, but he threw two touchdown passes for negative four air yards. Mm-hmm. So he threw the ball twice behind the line of scrimmage for a screen pass. And then those guys, which were DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert, took the ball for like 50, 60 yards all the way for you know a score. So the numbers are a little inflated there if you're just looking at the stats. Um, but like I said, he's got the running upside. No doubt about it, he has uh, you know the possibility of being the number one QB overall in fantasy this next year. Um, will he do it? I don't think so because I th- still think he, they're going to struggle with the pass, passing the ball. But I think they did improve their offensive line, so I think it's going to be a big jump, f- uh, you know, another leap forward for Justin Fields. Um, and you know, if you're taking them in the fourth, fifth round, I think this it's a solid option at that you know at that ADP. I don't know your thoughts on the quarterback. The the thing about the Bears, I feel like where everyone is in terms of ADP just makes sense. There's like really no argument where everyone kind of lands. Like you can maybe make the argument that Justin Fields should be maybe taking over Lamar Jackson. You know, maybe you're trying to look for that, you know, second year. I know he's not a, a second year player, but, you know, the second good year of someone's fantasy value. Kind of like Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts showed a spark, and then last year he became QB1. Same thing. People are thinking like the same trajectory could happen with Justin Fields. So I know there's going to be some drafts where Justin Fields is taken right after the first first three QBs. But I would say, you know, where he's at, which is about QB5, QB6. It depends how you feel about the Joe Burrow situation in Cincinnati. I, I think, I don't know, it's fine. Like, there's... I have no, I, I'm not debating either way. <laughs> like, uh, if you're if you're looking for someone with rushing ability, then it's really him, Jackson, or Hertz, maybe Allen. Outside of that, you're kind of then you're looking at Anthony Richardson. So if you're 
if it's really important to get a, a quarterback with rushing value, those are really your only options. So if you feel like you could wait on Hertz, wait on Jackson and still get fields, I think that's where it's, it's like, it is Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts light. I think that's what people are are going to this draft with. Like, do I use a second round pick on Jalen or can I use a third or fourth round pick on fields? I think this is where his value is at. Um, Everyone else, I just feel like it's it's the same. the The running back situation is Herbert RB one. Is it is it Foreman? I feel like it's going to be Foreman, but I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not in the I'm not in the coaching meetings. You know, both could be RB one going into the season. Uh, for the for the Bears, I don't. I think I do think either one is a good option. I think they're both picked around what round seven or eight. Without looking at actually it. Uh, nine, nine and eleven. Okay, so Khalil, was... Khalil Herbert's going around the ninth round, and Deontay Foreman is going around the twelfth round. No, oh, so people are even lower on them than I thought they would be. So, which is surprising because, I mean, Khalil Herbert looked good last year, you know, before he he did get injured, but um, they were one of the run heaviest teams in the right. NFL. So and, and... I mean. And I, I think a lot of running back. I think a lot of people are like, "Well, Fields is going to vulture some of these touchdowns for the running back," which he will. Well, yeah, he, he will. will. But it's not like he's going to go out there and throw. Uh, so I could be absolutely wrong about this. <laughs> you might want to time stamp this, but he's not going to go out there and throw five touchdowns a game either. So there's still going to be opportunities for the running back to score. So. I'm actually a little higher than I guess what the ADP is on those two running backs. Those are those are coin flip running backs. You're just like, all right, I already got my team kind of established. Let me just take a flyer on one of these guys and hopefully it pans out. You know, it's yeah. I think both are solid flex options. Yeah, absolutely. DJ Moore, good solid wide receiver. I feel like Cole Komet is the starting tight end over Tunyon. I haven't seen anything that would say otherwise. Uh, so, yeah, I outside, outside of that, I think Cole Komet's going to have a good year. Um, so I'll, I, I would actually say he might have a better year. He might have the best receiving year on the team, I'll, if that's a hot take. Well, <laughs> hot take is I went all in on Cole Komet last year, mm-hmm. and he gave me three goose eggs to start the season. So... It's really hard for me to sit here and tell you, hey, Cole Komet's going to do... I mean, he has to do better than last year, right? I mean, he, there's only one way to go from there. Yeah, and I, I forgot. I was looking at his stat line maybe a few weeks ago because I've always been kind of anti-Bears receiving in general. And um, like he, uh, after week nine, he only got single digits four times, which for a tight end is not bad. Outside, but he he got in the twenties a few times, tens, fifteens, thirteens. He had a good year, but then yeah, yeah, he had he, a nice he had a nice little stretch where he was getting double digit. And where and where you're fancy. picking him, you're picking him kind of in that eleventh, twelfth round. That's fine. If he's your tight end too, I mean, like take a flyer on him, and you know, who knows? Maybe he'll, you know, he'll provide for you this year. But it, it, it's funny for I'm, someone with with an offense with Justin Fields who could possibly be the QB one. It's in, it's how it's funny how we're just like looking at the Bears offense like yeah everyone's kind of where they're supposed to be like it's not it's not like yeah, really special. This, this, team, yeah, this, team, this team could easily come in last place in the division and it could easily win the division like either way. I think this division is similar to the NFC South, but the teams are better, so mm-hmm. the fight for first place is going to be with a higher win total than the NFC South. Like the NFC South, you probably only have to win seven games and you're going to win the, the South. You know? <laughs> That's true. But uh, up here in the North, I, I think it's going to take, you know, 10, 10 plus wins um, to win that division. So lastly, I mean, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver two. Um, does he have a lot of value? I don't think so personally. Um, again, I don't think they're going to be a heavy, you know, I don't even think they're going to be a balanced passing, you know, offense. They're going to be more run heavy, and so I think the odd man out here in this offense is Darnell Mooney. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I would I'm looking to fade him this year. Let's go to Lambo. 
Lambo with cheese heads. Hey, <laughs> you know, earlier you said you said the Green Bay Packers looked really good in their preseason game. As far as, you know, the starters in the first, you know, couple drives, Jordan loved Jordan Love moved the ball down the field. He made good reads. He got the ball to where it needed to go. There was one play where, um, you know, I think Christian Watson was running a go route, and Jordan Love placed the ball nearly perfectly. The safety barely got his fingertips on it, and if he didn't get his fingertips on it, Watson would have been gone for, you know, a 60-yard touchdown. But when they got in the red zone, he was making good plays. Um, you know, his, his presence in the pocket was good. I think Jordan Love's going to be, a, you know, I think this is this is going to be a good year for Jordan Love. Is he a top ten quarterback this year? No, but I think in the you know in the coming years, especially if you're in dynasty, I think he's a solid quarterback option. Uh, I myself personally am going to try to trade for him because I think he is going to be a thing, you know, for for the next few years. But he looked good. The offense looked good. I know they you know said, oh, what is this offense going to look like without Aaron Rodgers? But I think it's going to be okay. Um, Christian Watson looks good. He's obviously, you know, we we talked about him earlier. He's being drafted somewhere in that uh, fourth round ADP. Uh, So, I mean, he's going to be a solid option. Aaron Jones is always a solid option. People fade Aaron Jones, but I still think he's a solid running back option. He's he's more of a running back two now um, than previously when he was a running back one when Aaron Rodgers was there. I think A.J. Dillon is going to make more of an impact this year than he did last year. I know everybody was on A.J. Dillon last year. I feel like everyone's on A.J. Dillon for like the last 15 years. But I think <laughs> I think A.J. Dillon is going to – I think that right there is going to be the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb timeshare um, this season. So, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I'm a little hesitant to draft A.J. Dillon, but after watching you know some of that preseason game and – um, just you know, seeing the news about training camp, I think, I think he's going to come out and he's going to provide solid value at where he's being drafted. I mean, you just need him to fall in the end zone, right? Yeah, I I think that's where it's at. Like they're so talented in the backfield that you're you're not sure where the fantasy value is going to come from. I think there's a lot of good NFL value there. Uh, but we'll see where the fancy value comes from. Like, yeah, I, I think it's like it depends on how your draft goes. Take a flyer on one or both. Um, I think the 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 player that I would say has the most value in this offense is Watson. Um, Jordan Love could possibly be a QB twelve by the end of the season. Shock a lot of people going to next year with a really high ADP, or he could just kind of like float around. Back end, twelve, fifteen level. Like I feel, for the most part, if you're a QB fifteen or through twenty, some teams are looking for a replacement already. We're already or you're a rookie. This is technically Jordan Love's rookie season, so maybe he might fall in that area. But I, like I said, he did look good. He uh, did start one game last year, and and the offense is relatively the same. Yeah, you know, like there some pieces are different. Some of them are in New York now, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I think it's like it's not like Jordan Love's going out there playing with a bunch of rookies either. Like he's got he's got some vets that he could you know rely on, and it might be the worst offense in the division. But I think it's <laughs> that's your opinion. Yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> I I don't know. I just. To me, Watson is the best value out of everyone. And then if you're taking a shot on Aaron Jones, it's because you either did really well or you're just desperate. And I guess the same for AJ Dillon. You did really I well. Think Aaron, like, Jones, Aaron Jones will be a solid running back two option. And if you have him as a flex, I mean, I think, you know, that means you got two pretty solid options ahead of him. So, um, AJ Dillon, I think, is more of a flex option than a, a running back, too, in my opinion. But I think, like I said, I think they're both going to produce 
quality value at where they're being drafted. I might, like we I talked might. about the Chicago Bears. They're getting drafted where they should get drafted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's fair. You know, I'm not. I'm just not very cheesy on the Packers. All right. Like. In my opinion, it'd have to be as far as you know how good the offenses are. It would be the Vikings' offense is the best in this division. Then the Lions, then the Packers, and then unfortunately the Chicago Bears at the bottom. Mm, that's, so that's interesting because they're redone with the Packers. I think uh, you know Romeo Dobbs. Wide receiver too might yeah. be a nice stash, and then uh, you know their their rookie um, tight end Luke Musgrave. He's obviously going to be the starter taking over for Tunyon, but um, I mean I don't know. It's really hard to draft a rookie tight end. I know we talked about this in an earlier episode. Only three rookie tight ends have ever ended in the top ten of tight ends for fantasy scoring, and the last one to do it was Kyle Pitts, and then before that it was Evan Ingram back in I don't know years before that. So. The chances of Musgrave ending in the top 10 are pretty slim, so I think mm-hmm. I'm avoiding him, you know, just in general. There's a lot more you, uh, better options you can get ahead of him, um, so I would leave him, you know, leave him on the waivers. All right. Uh, can I can we move on to the Lions? Because to go back to what you were going to say, the Lions are going to be the best offense in the division, possibly in the conference, possibly in the NFL. That's a bold take. I, I don't think... I don't think so, but I mean, hey, you know, we're all entitled to hot takes, and um, I'm going to give you that one. You think um, they're going to be the best offense as far as points per game, yards per game, all of the above? Points per game, for sure. And maybe, like, top five in yards. Interesting. I believe in this team. You believe that they will win? I believe they will win. <laughs> so let's, let's get into this team. Uh, let's start off with, you want to start off with Jared Goff? Jared Goff. Again, he's like Kirk Cousins. You know, if, if your quarterback, if your number one quarterback is Jared Goff, I don't think you're in a bad you're in a bad um, or panic mode. You're not in panic mode, but you are, you know, in the danger zone. Um, I think he'll put up points. Like you said, if they're going to be the best offense in the division, possibly, you know, the conference, possibly the league, then he's obviously going to have to put up numbers. So um, I don't think Jared Goff is the worst quarterback that you can end up with. But I think, you know, if you're, if you're waiting that far down to get a quarterback, I think his ADP right now, uh, is somewhere in the 11th round. So um, he's around guys like Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford. I mean, even Anthony Richardson is being drafted above him, which I don't understand. Um, as special, Well, in a redraft, these are redraft uh, rankings here just for clarification. So in a redraft league, I don't know why people would take Anthony Richardson over Jared Goff. I think it's pretty silly, but Overall, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Um, I think you're going to get similar numbers as last year. I think there'll be a few games where he struggles. So if you're willing to take the highs, you know, along with the lows, I think you know he's not a, a bad overall pick. Do you know where Jared Goff was ranked last year? As far as where he ended the season, he was QB ten. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And he's being drafted right now at what like qb 13 14 without looking at it right now overall yeah like like 13 14 yeah so i think there's a value there i i think you know he threw for almost 4500 yards he only threw seven interceptions compared to 29 touchdowns uh and he has a pretty explosive offense. Yeah, he's lost some players. Like he doesn't have Hawkinson there anymore. He was traded midseason last year, and he doesn't have uh, the same running back uh, combo there. And he's but he's got two new good running backs there. He still has the Sun God. I, I'm still very high on this offense, and we still haven't seen Jameson Williamson because he's 
betting on sports. <laughs> so, but I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I keep using the word intrigued because I feel like this is going to be the best offense in the division. And I know on paper it doesn't look like it, but there's a reason Another- why. There's a reason why Amon St. Brown is being uh, Amon St. Brown is being drafted as high as he is. No, I, I, I think you know Amon Ross St. Brown is is a top ten wide receiver. If he was your number one wide receiver, let's say you decide to go, you know, running back in the first round or um, running back in the first two rounds, and he somehow falls to you in the third round. Uh, I mean, right now he's getting taken, you know, at the start of the second round, so somewhere between pick fourteen and like sixteen. So, I mean. If he's your wide receiver one, I think you're you're in good shape. Um, he's gonna get his touches. I mean, last year he was amazing. He ended the season last year as the number nine wide receiver. So I mean, it's a solid pick all all the way around. You talked about the new running backs. I honestly think that this pair of running backs, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, are a better tandem. Than last year's running backs of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. That's pretty. That's pretty spicy because Jamal Williams was the running back leader in touchdowns. Again, with the asterisks on that, his touchdowns were all within the five yard line, other than like one or two. Mm-hmm. So I think he had seventeen total touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was seventeen. So I think out of those 17 touchdowns, only like two of them weren't within like the five yard line. I'm not discrediting him because a touchdown is a touchdown, you know, fantasy points are fantasy points. And if David Montgomery, you know, gets even a quarter of that or half of that, I mean, that's a solid, you know, pick at where his ADP is. Um, Right now, David Montgomery is being taken ADP wise around the seventh, middle of the seventh round. So. I think that's a solid pick. Jameer Gibbs is being taken closer to the fourth round, the beginning of the fourth round. Um, I saw a little bit of him in the preseason. He looked pretty good. Uh, David Montgomery, I don't know if he played. I don't think he played. I don't think a bunch of the starters played other than Jameer Gibbs. Um, So I don't know other than Amon Ross, St. Brown. That's just like a hard name to say. Other than him, I don't know, you know, who their wide receiver two is or if they're even worth, you know, taking a look at. Uh, it's between Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. It sh- it will probably be Jameson Williams when his suspension's over. Uh, and Jameson Williams, he played actually in the preseason game and he looked all right. Um, mm. He's going to be missing six weeks of football. So realistically, I think it's another wasted year for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's going to come in there and, you know, be like, oh, it's Jamison Williams. Like, he's going to. Keep in mind, like, if, if you're waiting on him, too, you're, it's not like you just put him in your IR spot. Like, you have to hold on to him. Like, there's going to be weeks yeah. where you're tempted to drop him because he's not playing. <laughs> you know, so. If you're, if you're solid, if you have two solid wide receivers, um, I mean, it's really your discretion of if you want to hold him or not. I don't think he's a make-or-break player um, when he comes back. But who knows? If if the Lions are the best offense in the division, in the conference, in the league, uh, he might be worth a stash. I, I think by week three, you'll kind of know if he's worth a stash or not. Um, am I drafting him? Maybe later, you know, round uh, 11, 12. Right now... He's being drafted in the 11th round as his ADP. So, I mean, you know, that's not a bad spot. Um, people being taken around the same ADP as him, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, Adam Thielen, Sky Moore, Jacoby Myers, uh, Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore. I mean, those are guys I would take over, Jameson. Because those are all guys that yeah. are going to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Mar- Marvin Jones Jr., I guess, could be considered – an RB, uh, not every a wide receiver too here, but he's not really draftable in my opinion. 
so yeah, and then the tight end Sam Laporta, the rookie. I know we said a lot about rookies right now, but he's replacing Hawkinson, and I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna do good. I just don't know if he'll be a tight end twelve or higher. But if you draft him as like you know a lotto pick, and what I mean by that is like you already have your first tight end off the board. And maybe later, he's going around the 14th round. So, you know, maybe around 13, 14, 15, if he's there and you want to you wanna take that lotto pick, I mean, it could pay off in the long run. Um, things out of camp have, or, you know, news out of camp have just been nothing but positive. Um, I didn't really see him in the preseason game. I know he played, you know, some some snaps, but I don't know if he was targeted at all, so. Yeah, and just a heads up, I know that I, th- I believe the Lions play a lot of three wide receiver sets. So if you're like in the back end of your draft, you're not quite sure, dude. Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, those are not bad lo- uh, lotto picks, like you said, like sleeper picks. Because like last year, DJ Chark had a decent season in that offense. Now he's somewhere else. I, I do think like there was games last year where you're, you're seeing some of these players randomly get double digit points. Was it consistent? No. But I, it was, you know, there's a reason why, like, the Lions were competitive till the end. And I do I do think, like, they're going to take a step forward this season. And, yeah, and I think Jared Goff's playing for his job because they have a uh, hooker uh, ready to play next year once he heals up. And I think he's the future of the Lions uh, QBs. So I, I, I think Jared Goff's playing for his career, and I, I think we're going to get a good year from him. I would agree with you. I, I think if Jared Goff does pretty pretty well this year, I think he's bought himself another two or three years. So, so yeah. this is a make or break for him. Can they win the division? I think so. Will they win the division? I don't know. I think they're going to be a wild card team. But um, if I had to guess, I'm still taking the Vikings as winning the division. With the Lions coming in a close second, but I think the Lions earned their wild card spot this year. There you go. I like so, to see it. This this is this is a team. I feel like it's it's they're fun to root for. <laughs> like they they've been down I in agree. the dump, they've been down in the dumps. They they have a bunch of players that you know other teams quote unquote gave up on, and they've been able to put together a decent team and like is uh, like are are other teams on paper more capable of having a better offense absolutely but i i still believe that this team based on how well they played last year could just take another notch up and they have i think the running back tandem like you said this year might be even better you know so yeah like david i Mc- think they had david montgomery's no slouch and he's the second rb he's the second running back on the team <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. I think David Montgomery is a good running back. I think this team has a chip on their shoulder, you know, from from you know Jared Goff, David Montgomery, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously not being picked ahead of certain guys. You know, he has a list; he remembers them, he checks it twice. So, um, I think this team and they're coached by Dan Campbell. They have a great culture. They, like I said, they play with like they have a chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to come out. Could they win the division? Yes, I'm not saying they can't, but um, I I think they are they are going to make the playoffs this year. Um, will they be one of the best offenses in the league? <laughs> I don't know about that, but they're going to be up there. Right. Um, well, let's put numbers to this. I'm going to say number one in the division. I'm going to say top five in the NFC, top ten in the NFL. I can agree with that. All right. I would say that their offense would be between, you know, in the NFL, between 6 and 10. Yeah, because, like, obviously, Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins, those teams are going to have better offenses. You can make the case that Baltimore might, Seattle might, stuff like that. But even, I guess I could be wrong about the division, but maybe Minnesota might, right? But I, I do think they get a top five in the conference and top 10 in the league. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And people are like, well, top 10, that's not being very spicy, but that still means that they're better than 20 other, 22 other offenses. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, so there you have it. The NFC North. 
there's a lot of stuff going down. You know, we're going to continue to bring updates to you. Uh, Brian, let the people know where they can find us on the social media. You can find us at X with the with the X handle, OT Fantasy F Ball. Well, you handled that very well. I thought you were going to say Twitter, and I almost said Twitter, but luckily no. I reverted to social media, and you you couldn't have you couldn't have executed that any I, better I, than you did. While you were saying your last little piece there, I, in my head, I was like, "It's game time." Every time Steven throws this at you, you don't know you're not prepared for it, so you be prepared for it now. And then there you go. I, I I love it. F ball. That's O. OT Fantasy F Ball. Check it out. I'm your team defense number one <laughs> alongside Brian. You know, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you fantasy football. We'll see you guys next time. If he's your tight end, you know. He... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs>